This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. His way. Isn't that right? You know, when you, I can't get off of this, can I? When you, you know, when you go, you go in a dark room and you, you turn on the light switch, you know, you know, you just call things which be not as though they were. I want light. You know, and I always ask people, you know, darkness is just the absence of light. Darkness doesn't have any substance. Isn't that right? Because when you turn on the light, where did it go? Where did the dark go? It doesn't have any substance. And that's, that's the devil's lies, the devil's threats and all that. That's his darkness. And listen, it doesn't have any substance. My Bible tells me faith is the substance. Isn't that right? Faith has got substance. If you just let it out of your mouth, the darkness would start dissipating. All right. <laughs> I've got to get over here. All right. Hallelujah. Sometimes, like Brother Hagin used to say, sometimes these side, <laughs> these little side things help us better, you know, <laughs> than what we prepared. And, you know, I'm more interested in what the Holy Spirit's saying than what I got to say. Amen? So listen, church, let's, listen, let's don't just say, you know, anybody can say what is. I mean, you don't even have to be saved, do you? I mean, you can look and see what, what's going on, and we don't deny that that's what's going on. I just deny that that's what God wants to go on. I'm just saying that's not God's order. You know, in the court of law, if you've ever been in court, served on a jury, you know they've got a, got a judge up there. And if anything is not going according to the law, the judge says, hey, you're out of order. And you know what you need to do? You need to just decide, you know what? I'm going to declare, devil, you're out of order in my life. Sickness, you're out of order. Lack, you're out of order. Fear, you're out of order. I'm going to call for order in my court. (laughs) Amen. All right, let me get over here. (laughs) Y'all egging me on, I'm telling you. Listen, church, I'm telling you, that's what we need to be doing. And I'm not looking to the politicians to figure things out. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, I tell you all the time, educate yourself, pray, and vote. Vote, vote, vote. I'm not saying don't vote, but I'm telling you, after the last debate, I'm telling you what. Boy, do we need to pray. Boy, do we need to call things that be not as though they were. Amen? I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to speak disparagingly, but I was not encouraged. I don't know about you. Maybe you were, but, you know. The quest to know him today is my message, if I can get to it. (laughs) You know, a quest is a search, isn't it? A search, a pursuit. 
made to obtain something. If you ever seen, you know, if you ever seen the old movies from the fifties or the you read the Arthurian, you know, King Arthur and all that, you know, the, there was always the quest for the Holy Grail. You know, the the, the knights of the Round Table. You know, they were always uh, on this holy quest. Well, you know what? Uh, we're on a holy quest too, or we should be, and that is in pursuit of Him, to know Him. I want to know Him. You say, well, Pastor, I know Him. I'm saved. Yeah, but listen, I'm going to tell you what. There's a depths in God you haven't plunged yet. You haven't plumbed the depths of God yet. There's more of Him to know, to experience, to imbibe into my life, to reflect back to a world that is hurting and broken. Amen? When I read in the pages of this book, just what my little bit, just what my small brain can comprehend, i got a long ways to go just to get to that. And I'm sure that when I get to that, there's going to be more that God's going to be able to show me about Himself. The Bible says, actually, uh, Paul wrote, he said, God, he said, it's going to take all of eternity for God to reveal all that He did through that one act of mercy and grace in Christ Jesus. So it's going to take an omniscient, uh, uh, omnipotent God forever to reveal what He did in one act. Wow. Say that backwards. Wow. So we're talking about a quest to pursue Him. And this is a journey. It's not an event. Now, you know, we all can talk about there are times, and we should have these as a Christian. If you're not having regular encounters with the Spirit of God, listen, something's not right. Your, your prayer life's out of order. Something, your relationship's not where it ought to be. I'm not saying that you're not saved, but I'm going to tell you it's not where you ought to be. You know, over the years as a pastor, I'm in my 39th year now. You know, 39 years, you stumble over a few things. <laughs> you know, but, but uh, counseling people, marriage counseling and all, you would see this many, many times. It, it wasn't always because somebody committed, you know, an infidelity or something like that. But they just stopped communicating. They just stopped working on their relationship. It just kind of, you know, two people in the same house, and, you know, one's over here doing their thing, and the other one's over there doing their thing, and the next thing you know, you know, they're not, they don't have that relationship that they had. Same thing can happen with us with God. You know, it, you can even get so busy in church stuff. Boy, I've gone to meddling now, haven't I? You know, <laughs> that we don't have time for God. So we're talking about pursuit. Paul put it this way. He said, I want to know Christ. St. Augustine, the great church apologist, he said it this way. He said, you have formed us for yourself. And our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. Now, that's not only about the new birth, but it's also about an ongoing thing. We were made for God. God made us for himself. We weren't made for the corporate world. If you work in a corporate world, nothing wrong with that. But that's not what we were made for. I, wasn't, I don't care any kind of career. That's not what I was made for. I was made for Him. Now, that, I, that might be what I'm doing, but that's not, that's not what my essence is about. I was made for God, to know Him, to fellowship with Him, to walk with Him, to have that kindred spirit. You know, the Bible says, he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. Wow. So I want to know him. This is what we're talking about, being on a quest. Amen. You know, 
And here's the thing, though we're, we've talked about being hungry for God and thirsty for God and running hard after God, but I want to encourage you with this. We've already looked over there, but I want to look at a different part of it. Look in Jeremiah 29 again, that as much as you're running after God, and I trust that's true, you know, as much as you're seeking after God, here's the thing I want to encourage you with from God's Word, is that He wants you to find Him. Jeremiah 29, you know the first part of that where he says, I know the plans. But let's go down to verse 13. He said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I mean, it's one thing to be on a quest where you have no idea, you know, if the thing you're really going after, like the Holy Grail, exists or not. You have no idea, uh, you know, of how to begin to, to, to look for it or, or where to look for it. But God says this. He says, listen, I, He's saying this to those who are seekers. Now, if you are resters, He's not talking to you. Amen? You ever see anybody laying in the bed that's seeking anything? <laughs> so, you know, a lot of Christians, they, they're not seeking God. They may be saved. They're going to heaven. We're, we're thankful for that. Absolutely. But we're talking, he said the seekers, he said to the seekers, he said, this is what I'm telling you. I will be found by you. Boy, if that doesn't encourage me. I will be found. He said, Jesus, didn't Jesus say the same thing? He said, everyone who seeks finds. So I want to, I want to, I want to. Find God in a deeper measure. I want to experience God in that relationship like I've not had before. Let me give you an illustration. I've shared this with you before, but I, it, it's a good illustration to remind you. You know, when our children were small with the Easter egg hunt, you know, a lot of times Cindy would keep them, especially when they were really little, she'd keep them occupied in the house, and I would hide the Easter eggs. Now, if y'all don't believe in that, I'm sorry. This was after church. Okay. So we didn't do nothing in the church building. No, we get so religious sometimes, can't we? But anyway, I, I was hiding the eggs. You know, I didn't go out in the backyard and dig a six-foot hole, put the eggs in it, and put all the dirt on top. Didn't tell my three- and four-year-old, go out and find it. But some people have that idea of, of God's like that, that it's, he's just he's impenetrable. He's too, he's too key. You can't know him. You can't find him. I mean, he's inscrutable. He's, I mean, all those things like God's. You know what I did? I would take a bright red Easter egg, and I would put it right by the leg of a patio chair right out in the open. Because the whole point of the exercise for me was this. I wanted the joy of them finding it. I wasn't going to, I wasn't trying to see. I knew I could hide it where they could never find it. That really wasn't an issue. God, if God wanted to hide himself where you couldn't find him, I got news for you. He could do that so easily. He could do that without a strain. <laughs> but he, just like, uh, and even more so because of his love, he wants you to find him. How, what should that compel us to do? He said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. And you know, if my kids were, were, when they were real little like that, they'd walk around, they walked by one, you know, when they weren't looking, I'd just kick it over there. <laughs> they'd roll over. Because I wanted them to find it. God 
wants us to know Him. He wants us to fellowship with Him. He wants us to find Him and to live with Him and to enjoy Him. Well, if that doesn't encourage you to go after Him, I don't know what it will. But let me just say this. It, takes, it just takes one thing, and you already know this, to seek Him. It takes faith, doesn't it? I have to believe, you have to believe what I just said based on the Scriptures, that God wants to be found by you. And so he said, those that come to God have to do what? Believe. Believe that He is and what? Well, what's the reward? The reward's not, you know, a car or a house or a, or a piece of furniture. That's not my reward. He's my reward. When I come to Him, I'm not looking, you know, I don't want God's boat. I don't want God's yacht. I want Him. <laughs> Amen. That's the reward I'm after. He said, the, He that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So it takes faith, a, a degree of faith to seek after this God, to seek after our God, to seek after our Father, our Abba. Amen. He's not hiding from you. He wants to be found by you. It takes faith to seek Him. So, man, I'm, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to start seeking God. And I'm going to start seeking God. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, let me ask you a question. What? And you have to be honest with ourselves. I mean, you can't make progress. This is what I found out. If I play games, I mean, you know, I'm not really playing games with God. I'm playing games with myself because God already knows. You know, when you confess that sin, wasn't when God found out. <laughs> you know, He already knew. He's wanting us to be honest with ourselves, isn't He? That's what confession's for. And so, here's the thing. What's captured your heart? What's captured your heart? And you know, uh, whatever captures our heart, you know, we begin to pursue it. What captures your heart, you begin to pursue it. You begin to go after it. Because whatever's captured my heart, it focuses that my attention there. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, wasn't it? He said, if, he said, if, if riches and wealth has captured your heart, he said, that's what your heart's going to pursue. But he said, if your treasure's in heaven, that's what you're going to pursue. Amen? I'm not pursuing a six-figure bank account. I'm, I'm pursuing the living God. I want a relationship with Him. Because he's got a lot more than six figures in his bank. Amen. So what's captured your heart? You will pursue what has captured your heart. Let's look over in, uh, let's look in Proverbs there. Proverbs 23. Now here's, as you're going there, Proverbs 23. Verse 26. Notice what God says here. He says, My son, give me your heart. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. What does God want first and foremost? Before He wants your tithe, before He wants your offerings, before He wants your, your, your service. Before He says, Give me your heart. Because we know this, out of the heart flow all the issues of life. Isn't that right? You're gonna, your pursuit's going to follow your heart. And he says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. So here's the thing. What's captured your heart? 
Now, I know we're sitting here in church and we all got to know the right biblical answer to give. But I want you to go a little bit further from that. And think about, okay, what's taking your time? What's taking your talents? What's taking your effort? Where, you know, where is that? Now, I understand people got jobs. I understand that. But I'm talking about when you're not, you know, after that job, we all got some time left. I hope you're not working 128 hours a day, never sleeping, never eating, never doing. I hope you're not, you won't last long. But, you know, what, is, what has captured our heart? That's one of the ways we can tell, isn't it? Go back to my illustration about a husband and wife. You know, uh, you know they drift apart even though neither one of them's you know, done anything as far as infidelity or anything like that. But they just want, they, don't have, they don't spend any time together anymore. Their time is spent apart even though they're in the same house. And so when the time is spent apart, they, what you gradually, your heart's captured by other things, whatever it might be. We've all heard of the uh, golf widow, haven't we? <laughs> well, they get, it could be a hunting widow. It could be all kinds of widows, <laughs> so to speak. You know what I mean by that, don't you? Your purposes are his. In Proverbs 14, and I wrote this down because I want to read it out of the King James. Proverbs 14, 14, listen to this. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. That's why God wants our heart. See, if I, I'm, I'm away, if my relationship with God has grown cool, it's grown cold, I'm going to be filled with my own ways. I'm going to begin to set my own agenda, my own purposes, my own pursuits. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You like my first message better than this one. <laughs> your purposes and pursuits are His. What is, what is it after? We're talking about in pursuit of God. We're talking about a quest to know Him. I want to know Him. Do you want to know Him? Do you want, to, you want His will? You want His plan? You want His purposes? You want His way? Because somebody's going to be in charge in your life. Just the way it is. Somebody else, you are God. But somebody, you know, you're going, you got to decide. What are you going to do? Amen. Listen, until your heart changes, your pursuit will not. Until my heart changes. If I don't give God my heart, completely then listen my, i'll never stop pursuing because all you got to do is look at how am i spending my time how am i spending my resources my effort you know look at that and you can tell right away okay where's your time for god where's your time with him where's your time when you get along with him where's your time when you're 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 reading his word and studying his word and and just getting to know him and 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 being quiet and listening to the holy spirit and allowing him to speak into your life you say oh pastor that's so old-fashioned i don't have time for that well i'm not talking to you then i mean you know you're an adult you can do whatever you want to amen and i found this out you will <laughs> and you know i i, I don't even begin to think I have that kind of influence. But, you know, here's the thing. When I stand before God, I'm going to say, God, I told him. <laughs> you know, so I did my part. Isn't that right? It's a journey and not an event. This is what I had mentioned. Let's turn back over to Psalm 63 again. I know we've looked at this 
throughout this series, but I want to look at it again. Listen, the pursuit of God is our quest, isn't it? And listen, I, I, I know in this, in this audience today, there's a lot of people, if not most people, you, you, you've got degrees and education, you've got careers, you're professional people, all kinds of different things, you're business owners and all that. And I know you just woke up one day and you had that, right? You just walked out in the living room one day and there hung your diploma, master's degree and you don't, you don't even know how it got there. Had your name on it. Y'all laughing. But you know, how often do we do that with God? We think, it's, I'm just, all of a sudden it's going to appear. Hey, <laughs> you got this great relationship with God. It just happened somehow. No, it doesn't. Anything of value and of consequence, it takes effort. It takes discipline. It takes perseverance. It takes making choices, saying yes to something and no to... You can't say yes to everything. Because as soon as you say yes to one thing, you have to say no to something else, don't you? Am I the only one that... If you realize that too, that's just the way it is, isn't it? You can't do everything. Same thing if you want to know God. You want a relationship with God? You, it, listen, it's going to take a great desire and a hunger. Look at, remember what we read over here in Psalm 63, verse 1. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. In another place, he said, early will I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. The first thing is you've got to have some desire. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, he said Timothy, you need to stir up the gift within you. Sometimes we just have to stir it up. We're going through the world. We're busy with work. We're busy with kids. We're grandkids. We're doing, uh, you know, we got, uh, you know, more hats. We, we can't get to the door. We're wearing so many hats sometimes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So there's things pulling at us all the time. So we have to decide, you know, wait a minute. What's going to be important to me here? I'm telling you what. You didn't get where you are in your, your career, in your business by going down to the lake and fishing every day. I mean, there's some days when you wish you could go fishing, but you, st- you stayed with it, didn't you? Absolutely. And see, we need to understand this. He said, he said, even in a dry and thirsty place, sometimes when, you know, you're on this walk, it's a journey. It's not an event. There's some days, I'm telling you what, when it seems dry and thirsty. You say, well, I, I'm, you know, I, Pastor Norris talking about I tried that, and I'm telling you what, I fell asleep. Well, wake yourself up and get going again. <laughs> hey, man, that's kind of like a guy, guy's going on a journey and he trips over something, falls down, he just lays there. Well, I guess God didn't want me to go. I'm just going to lay here. You know, the God comes down or sends an angel and picks me up, and then I'll go. Boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Well, why do we do that? Why do we get those ideas spiritually like that? Pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. Wake yourself up. Awaken desire. Paul told Timothy, stir it up. So it takes three things. I want to, you know, if we're in our quest to know God. And I've got to begin to close here. Remember, I said it's a journey, not an event. First of all, desire. What he, he said here, you can see desire in this, what I just read about David, can't you? And if you're familiar with David's writing Psalms, his life, you know he had a desire. He had a hunger for God. He wasn't perfect. 
but he had a hunger and a desire for God. Listen, you and I are not perfect, but that doesn't mean we can't have a hunger and desire for God. If I fall down, I got enough sense to get up. If I fall in the mud puddle, I got enough sense to wash off. Come on. So the first thing is desire. Early will I seek you. In other words, this wasn't an afterthought with him. A lot of Christians, the reason they don't make any spiritual progress in knowing God is their, their, their relationship with God, it's an afterthought. Well, now lay me down the wrist. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to give God some quality time, some, some choice time. You've got, to, you've got to make a decision. You've got to decide. I'm, you know, this is important. My relationship with God is not just an afterthought with me. Salvation is not just a fire escape insurance. I want to know God. Early desire. Second is discipline. I don't mean discipline in the legalistic sense, but I'm talking about the regularity of habit. You know, habits can be good things. They can be bad things. They can be good things. Isn't that right? You can, you can make some bad habits. You ever notice how it's, if you ever had a bad habit, it's hard to break it, isn't it? Something about a habit that, that, that tends to create a pattern in our life that makes it almost without thinking, you just follow that direction, don't you? It focuses something that do, it, it helps focus even your, your body will follow a habit. Amen? You know, and if it's a bad habit, you know, it's hard to break. But we can establish a godly habit, a time when I'm, you know, I'm going to seek Him. I'm going to set aside a time and place. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to listen to what God's saying to me out of, out of the Word. I'm going to seek God's direction for my life. I'm not going to fly on autopilot. You ever seen those crazy tags on cars? You don't see them as much now as you used to. God's my co-pilot. I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Why in the world, if God's... In the plane with you, you'd want him to be the co-pilot. Duh. <laughs> I want God flying my plane. I don't want to fly my plane. I know, yeah, now, I know you're a lot smarter than me, but I mean, I know I'd probably fly my plane right into the, a mountain. When, when we were missionaries in, in, in La Paz way back in the early 80s, you know, uh, they actually, the, 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 the uh, of course, the Andes Mountains were up all around. There was one in Ilimani. It was about, what, 21, 22,000 feet, something like that. Well, you, you had to, they had to go around the mountains to fly down because the airport was at 15,000 feet. And, you know, and, uh, of course, the, the airport there, I mean, you know, it was, it was just, you know, we're talking almost, what, 35, 14,000, whatever, 14, 15,000. It was high. But, you know, what I was getting at, the, the airport there was not, they, at the, in those days, it did not have a lot of technology. You know, some guys pushed a, a cart out to the plane to unload the luggage. I mean, you know, it was, so they had no radar to, you know, to help, you know, whatever, you know, to help guide the plane in. So there, was, there were times, and I remember one time especially, uh, this was back when Eastern, anybody remember Eastern Airlines? They used to fly into the, well, one of the planes flew right into the mountain. Bam. 
And see, that's, I don't want to fly my plane into the mountain. I want God's direction. I want God's radar. I want His guiding me. And I've endeavored to do it. I, I haven't always been successful, but I've always endeavored to do it. Amen? Some people, you know, some people living by faith, you know, it's a theory. But, you know, I don't want the theory. I want the reality, don't you? And I'd rather, uh, you know, I'd rather make some mistakes. I'd rather fall on my face and get up than never experience the joy of following God that way, of getting to know Him. So it's going to take some discipline. And last, it's going to take some determination. He, he talked about being in a dry and thirsty land. There's going to be some days where it seems like, man, I'm telling you what, I mean, God's, I mean, He's left the universe. You know, you talk about so-and-so's left the house. Well, he's left the universe. I mean, where's God? You know, I wish I could tell you that every time you, you come into your prayer closet, oh, it's going to just be, oh, my, I don't want to ever leave. No, sometimes it's dry. Come on. Y'all look at me, that tone of voice. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But see, that's why it takes faith. It takes faith. I, you know, God says, He says, I will be found of you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to stop looking until I find Him. I'm, I'm going to get in His presence. I'm going to persevere. You know, and even in those days where it looks like it's dry and thirsty, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to run hard after God. I'm in pursuit of God because I know He wants, to be, he wants me to find Him. And I, when I find Him, He's that pearl of great price. When I find Him, I mean He's joy unspeakable and full of glory. When I find Him, I know He's going to be my strength. He's going, to, he's going to reveal to me things to come. He's going to reveal to me His great plan and purpose for my life so I can be in, in unison and lockstep with the Holy Spirit. That's where the miracles are. Amen. That's where the miracles are. That's what, you know, and that's what makes the joy of Christianity, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a reality. It's a relationship. It's not, it's not some doctrine theory and, and theological, you know, uh, hope and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's reality. God wants to reveal Himself to you. So that leads me to my action steps. Do you believe, now be honest with yourself, that God can be found by you? Not by me. Not by Brother Copeland or whoever. You know, uh, by you. Can God be found by you? Little old, little old you, me. You got, because if you don't, you won't, you won't come to God. You know? If I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm creating an expedition to the North Pole, you know, and uh, you said, well, what you going to the North Pole for? I said, we're going to find Santa Claus's village. How many of y'all want to go? Well, why not? I mean, who wouldn't want to find Santa Claus? He's got this sack with all those gifts in it, man. He's got all these elves. And... Why? Because it doesn't exist. But God, the creator of the universe, the creator of you, who has, he says, I've got plans for you. They're good. They're wonderful. They're amazing. He said, I've got things to reveal to you about myself and about my purposes for your life. That's real. Why? And I said, let's go on. Anybody want to go on a quest with me for that? <laughs> Secondly, what has captured your heart? Be honest with yourself. Not to me, to you and God. What has captured your heart? 
Because that's going to focus your pursuit. And then finally, let me encourage you, don't give up on your quest. Don't give up on your quest. There's going to be days when it seems like you make tremendous progress and strides, and there'll be other days when it just seems so dry. You know, but you, what? I persevere. By faith and patience, they obtain the promise. Remember I said it's a journey, not an event. We're talking about pursuing God. In quest, a quest to know Him. That's what it's about. This is a quest that's real. This is a quest that's obtainable. This is a quest that God says if you will, you will uh, start the quest and stay on the journey, He said, you will find me. That's God's guarantee. He said, you will be successful. You will know me. You will f- I will be found by you. Wow. I'm ready to get started, aren't you? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Well, bow your heads. Let me pray over you. My time's up. Father, today, I pray that something stirs within our hearts, afresh and anew, that there will be a stirring to seek you afresh and anew, a quest to know you intimately and deeply, to be in your presence, to hear your voice, to know your will, to know your purposes, to see your glory, to experience your power, to walk in your ways, to expand your kingdom, to be a greater blessing to others because we know you. Lord Jesus, you said this is eternal life. That, they may, that we might know the Father and Jesus Christ whom you sent. That's eternal life, is knowing the Father and knowing the Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That is my prayer for Passion Church. Lord, not only Passion Church here, but those, Father, who are watching online, Father, that is my prayer in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.